This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today, Ohio parents sue their school district for sexualizing their children. Joe Biden responds to his classified document scandal and billions more of your tax dollars are going to Ukraine. We've got all of that and more coming up and it all starts right now. Happy Friday. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am uh, Sarah Gonzalez, and I am joined today by Blaze TV contributor Eric July, also founder and owner of Ripaverse Comics, and joined by Blaze TV host Alex Stein. Uh, this is a oh, that's a that's a new one. That's a new. Is one. that like a that's like a '80s glamour shot? Mm-hmm. Hey, it's me, Alex. <laughs> well, we have a new show coming out, and we have a lot going on, so I'm just trying to be multifaceted. As Do you? Uh, can we? Are we? Can we publicly announce any dates? No, or we no? can't. Oh, no, it's okay. a secret. So let's move on. Next question. <laughs> Off to a great start here. Um, I want to get to this top story. Uh, There's a group of, this is eight parents in Ohio, uh, have filed a lawsuit in federal court against Hilliard City Schools in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, The lawsuit claims that the district allows activist teachers to have intimate conversations with children as young as six about sexual behaviors, sexual attitudes, mental and psychological questions of the student and the student's family and private religious practices. And of course, the lawsuit goes on to allege that obviously these conversations are taking place without the parent's consent or knowledge. And the teachers are in fact taking specific actions to hide these conversations uh, from parents. Lawsuit goes on to say something that I think is, is very obvious to all of us, which is, Uh, this is a recipe for indoctrination and child abuse. Um, At least one of the children, this resulted in the parents being contacted uh, one day and told that the student was suicidal at school. When they got to the school and talked to the social worker, they were then told that the school was counseling and treating the child for gender dysphoria and never informed the parent. Now, you would think if you had a bunch of teachers, a bunch of staff at the school who actually cared about children and they cared about children's mental health and they cared about the children's well-being, they would understand. I think even not the brightest adult would understand as a grown adult the mental health issues that would stem from treating a child as if they had gender dysphoria at school and treating them as a different gender at school and not informing the parent that you were doing so would cause very, very bad confusion within that young child, within their mind, that would obviously manifest in, could be very subtle ways, but also could be very severe ways. And you would understand that you don't do that if the child's well-being is obviously your main priority. Mm. It's almost as if, these people working within these schools don't actually care about the children at all. Eric? No, they <laughs> they, they don't. Hmm. I think this is just one of the latest examples, certainly, of that. Yeah, of course, you have the just odd thing of them kind of keeping anything, for that matter, like that, away from, like, the, the parents. But you put it perfectly where what you're talking about is... 
one place that they're spending, I don't know, eight hours a day or something like that, that they're in that institution getting treated completely different as to what they may be getting treated uh, like at home. Now, obviously, yes, the relationship between, let's say, a parent and a it should be a parent and a and a kid versus a teacher and a kid is going to be different. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking just the concept of like who they are and how they are built, yeah, that in itself is going to create some sort of confusion among that child. But to me, I think this more so speaks to the to the fact, because let's apply that to anything. Obviously, the gender stuff is just a more egregious example of right. it. But you apply that to virtually anything for that matter. You are getting a different it's not just about the individual perspective It's that they're just spending so much time being taught something that may be completely antithetical to the principles and the morals of whatever values that you may teach. And this is what makes the education system in, in itself just such a dangerous thing, especially when, let's say, those parents are not like like involved. I think it's rotten top to bottom. I think it's very, very uh, archaic. I would much rather certainly have that conversation. But I think what this does is just such a blatant and obvious example of how when that is taken to the extreme, how ugly it actually looks. Now, go ahead and pl apply that to virtually any subject in the same still is this. Yeah. Well, for me, you know, this is a personal battle because I don't know if you guys know this. I don't know if you're familiar, Eric, but I'm actually running for school board of Highland Park Independent School District. Trustee. This place is not a joke. Seven. No, this is real. This You guys can look this up. And this is why, because here in Dallas, Texas, at Highland Park Independent School District, the school that I graduated from, there is a third grade um, gender inclusivity required reading book, and they're actually going to have the author, who is a non-binary person, plan to come speak to the children, to a third grade class, to talk about a non-binary book. And then on top of that, there's also a transgender teacher hired at the same elementary school, and uh, you look into the background, they had a weird Instagram account with a bunch of like deviant art, and once the parents exposed that, the teacher wasn't fired. As a matter of fact, she deactivated the account, and the district has basically been you know, running cover for it. So this is prevalent everywhere, the sexualization of children, and I'm going to actually stand up and fight against it when I win. So I, but I think that it's very important to add some context to what you're saying here about Highland Park. Mm -hmm. This is a very affluent, yes. you would imagine conservative. That it would be a conservative area. Uh, mm -hmm. The owner of the Cowboys lives there, Jerry right? Jones, like this yeah. is, this is not what you would expect uh, you wouldn't expect to find this curriculum mm -hmm. in a in a very what you would think would be a very red conservative leaning district. Well, now it's a lot of limousine liberals because now the superintendent uh, Trigg he's leaving, and they hired some basically like woke firm to to find the next superintendent. So I think it's just a problem of the school industrial complex is so liberal. I know, everything's an industrial complex, Sarah, I know. But it really is. I know it sounds crazy, and now with the basically the machine learning or the tech learning and then the CRT and the social-emotional learning, you make these kids feel guilty, and it's not a meritocracy anymore. It's basically just like a pass or fail, and now kids at the sixth grade level are reading at a first grade level. So it's a dystopic nightmare where kids are becoming basically like the movie Idiocracy. We're all becoming dumber as we go along. Do you have smart. a website yet? It's coming up. Tony Ortiz okay. is on that, Tony. You need to fix that. But it, 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 listen, I'm doing a self-finance campaign. I don't want any of your money, and I'm going to win because a pimp on a blimp cannot be stopped. I don't need money to win. All I need is my cojones and my heart. Those three things, two cojones, one heart, nobody can stop my campaign. And that's a fact. And I know that might sound, you know, a little, uh, you know, insensitive for a school board race. But take no prisoners, no mercy. Our kids are the most important thing, and I will fight to death to save these kids' future. All right. So I'm totally on board. 
I think that your first uh, decision should be to hire me as your PR person so that I can tell you probably if you want to go work uh, to represent children, don't use the term pimp on a blimp. Well, we're anti-sex trafficking. That's why you have to bring awareness to pimps. We have to know that pimps exist <laughs> so you don't get sex trafficked. You don't realize. But you, you don't have want to put to tell the pimp in charge you, of you, this school. Yes, you do. It's like the movie Catch Me If You Can. The guy was able to go all around the country scamming people. What did the FBI do? They hired him to catch other scammers. That's how they, you have to hire a pimp to catch other pimps. It's how it works. It's just common sense. <laughs> All right. Well, I didn't think he was going to be able to uh, argue his way out of that one, and somehow he did. So um, I want to switch gears. Actually, I'm saying I want to switch gears, but this is, I think, kind of the same pervasive uh, idea. We're talking about the schools. The, we're, well, we're talking about the left infiltrating schools to try to co-opt your children. They want to indoctrinate them into you know, all of this sexuality, gender ideology, all of these things. But they also, they're trying to get their, their grip on children any way possible. And when I say that, um, I want to get into this. There's a story in Connecticut. A Democrat state lawmaker uh, has introduced a bill that would allow children 12 years old and above to receive vaccines without parental mm. consent. Okay. This says, this is Kevin Ryan, State Representative Kevin Ryan. He said, the legislation proposed is an issue that has been an important concern for my constituents. For who? Your 12-year-old constituents who really give a crap about getting vaccinated when their parents won't let them? That's an odd thing to say. As their representative, it's my duty to express their requests and ensure their concerns have been taken seriously, especially on a health care issue. So um, what he's saying is his constituents have just been clamoring for children to get a medical, this is a medical procedure, guys, right? Mm -hmm. This is an injection into your yeah. body that comes with different risks. It, it doesn't matter, right, who you are. It will always come with different risks. There is no one-size-fits-all approach to this. This is That's a medical procedure. <laughs> That's not what they say, but the facts of the matter remain. And they are saying they want a 12-year-old child to have the ability to give consent on what they want injected into them. But I guess this should come as no surprise because they also want 12-year-old children to be able to change their gender and agree to chop off their breasts. So I guess this shouldn't surprise me. It is still equally unsettling to hear grown adults say we want 12-year-olds to be able to choose what gets injected into their bodies without their parents knowing. Yeah, I mean, it's like obviously the first really and the last. I mean, line of defense when it comes to protecting these children, the buck usually stops at the parent, right? Mm -hmm. So if they can somehow go around it, this is why people need to understand why why public education is such a, uh, a popular thing among the left and why they work so hard to infiltrate that so they can have that because they can get to go around essentially you because it's one of those institutions that will people just say, it has to exist. It has to exist in a capacity that it, no matter how archaic the model is, and we can utilize this to influence them without having to go really through because their parents really are just handing them, handing them to the, to us. And, you know, this also plays into the gender issue, which was what you had 
talked about with, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, people think that someone that young age, especially when you talk about 12, 13, 14, where, you know, you can imagine the hormones and all kinds of stuff going on. You're going through these various changes. It can be uh, a little difficult and to have that person making such decisions that are very, can be life altering. And yes, that applies to, we can say that on this, uh, uh on uh, YouTube. Now that also applies to the jab, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? In terms of, well, we know how that has been impacting some uh, relatively young, young people in terms of them being at low risk. Is it worth maybe, you know, risking? Let's say I'm not saying that it's concrete that you're going to get myocarditis, but it, it can happen. It's uh, a possibility. It, it's a possibility that your heart can get inflamed right. uh, with that. With some, just the fact that the possibility of that exists, you think that your parents, the parents should, of course, be the ones that are not only making those decisions, mm-hmm. but even if you're having that conversation with that child, you should be talking to them because they are certainly not in the capacity to be making definitely a 12 year old making those types of decisions uh, without some sort of, uh, uh, let's say, uh, supervision, especially coming from that parent. So this is just yet another way to go around all of uh, all of them. That's what the school system as well is designed to do, which really ultimately what I'm seeing is comes down to they want children to be able to consent. They want children to be Mm -hmm. able to consent to changing their gender. They want children to be able to consent to abortions. They want children to be able to consent to getting a vaccine, getting an injection. They want children to be able to consent to sex. Sure feels like we're going down straight the pedophile route. No, it really does. I mean, you're taking out the control of the parents so that the state becomes the new parent. And I think we see that with the education system. But for me, what I think is really scary, and I know we joke about the education industrial complex, but once again, I had to put on my tinfoil hat, the pharmaceutical industrial complex, the reason why they like the trans or the kids that identify as non-binary because they have a lifelong patient. Mm-hmm. This is very similar. They give a 12-year-old knowing that there could be side effects of medicine that could cause you know them to become a lifelong patient. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, is it really worth, worth the risk when you look at the numbers of children and actually died of COVID-19, it's like non-existent. Yet they are literally mandating these vaccines and giving access for 12-year-olds to make decisions that they're not allowed to make for anything else. Like a 12-year-old literally can't even choose Can't get like a tattoo. That's what I'm saying, can't get a tattoo. But you can get this medicine that we tested on eight mice. Go ahead. (laughs) And I mean, ultimately I would love to see, I would not love to see this played out in real time. I don't want this to pass, obviously, but if it did, I would love to see it play out in the legal system. The Mm. first time a child has an adverse reaction, who, like who's liable? Right. Ne- yeah, but we're never going to hear about it. Nobody's liable. That's the problem. Well, I know, Nobody's but I'm saying, well, but as a company, parent, yeah, yeah, but as a company, yeah. well, right. But I'm saying, as a parent, like who who just gave my child a vaccine without my consent? Who coerced my child into yes. this? I'm suing the crap out of them. I agree. I mean, a 12 year old does not know why they would need a flu shot, and I don't know a 12 year old that liked a needle. When I was 12 years old, they had to hold me down <laughs> yeah. to give me a shot. Yeah. I could just go off on a whole nother <laughs> diatribe about that, but I'm not going to because we have to take a quick break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, StartMail. So uh, if you are one of many people, you should feel like your personal data is at risk because it is, because big tech is watching every single move you make. If you don't want anyone else knowing where you've been, who you met, what you're actually thinking at any given time, StartMail is the perfect solution for pr- protecting your privacy and giving you peace of mind. They've got a very secure email service. It keeps your inbox safe from unwanted spying eyes and protects you from spam. Every single message can be encrypted or password protected. And when you delete an email, it is truly gone forever. You can get unlimited disposable email aliases to keep your real identity hidden online. It's very, very simple. Just a few clicks. You can switch from your existing email provider and start taking advantage of StartMail's enhanced privacy protection. I highly recommend this, you guys. Look, 
Big tech really is spying on every move you make. you got to sign up today to save 50% on your subscription uh, at startmail.com slash why. Join the thousands of people who have chosen Startmail for their email security needs. That is Startmail with a T. Startmail.com slash why for 50% off. Yesterday, Joe Biden finally responded to his mishandling of classified documents. He said that he has no regrets about his handling of these, I mean, again, top secret documents included in all of these classified documents. And uh, here is what he had to say following uh, the, uh, he was surveying the damage from recent storms in California and a reporter asked him about it. Watch. You know, what quite frankly bugs me is that we have a serious problem here we're talking about. We're talking about what's going on, and the American people don't quite understand why you don't ask me questions about that. But having said that, what's your question? Hang on, okay? Look, as we found... uh, we found a handful of documents were failed of or filed in the wrong place. <laughs> we immediately turned them over to the archives of the Justice Department. We're fully cooperating, Literally looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. Yeah. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want no me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. Thank you. No there there. Bold statement yeah. when they literally found classified documents he wasn't supposed to have, top secret documents in an unsecure location that he had no business taking because he was not president of the United States. But still, you hear him say he has no regrets. No, well, there, incredible. There. Well, I just had to say that. It reminds you of like, the tattoo that says no regrets. He's, he's just like, <laughs> he's like a server. He's like, no regrets. I mean, I'm just like, what? This is the president. He's being so flippant about it. Seriously. Just give me a break. Well, and, and, and by the way, He's saying, he's like, oh, well, the American people don't understand why you're asking me questions uh, about other things that are going on. We have a serious problem here that we're talking about. We're like, yeah, the problem is you. That's why we're asking. Like, it's a serious problem if people are taking classified top secret documents and storing them next to a Corvette that you're loaning out to your crackhead son who does business dealings with China and Ukraine. Like, I'm sorry. I find that to be a serious problem. Maybe I'm making too big of a deal well, out of it. Well, like I said yesterday about this subject, it, it wouldn't be as big of a deal if we hadn't had the whole spectacle with the Donald Trump situation and, and right. the whole, you know, they made, they they act like that was going to get them, right? They say, oh, we got them. We got them now. You know, all these classified documents that he wasn't supposed to have nothing materialized uh, from it. But they, they didn't stop him from making a big deal out of it. That was certainly bizarre if you listen to, I don't know if he was misreading his, uh, his script that he was, of course, given, but the way that he worked it was like you're not supposed to be asking me uh, a question right. like that which is like that's what the journalist's job yeah it job. bugs him he yeah. said you know what bugs me yeah it's, it's like, like wait a minute that's what they're supposed to be <laughs> right. if, if of nothing else you think something like that especially when you have the opportunity to clarify he's, he, it's almost as if he's presenting it like he's so above that and this is Correct. so top secret yep. y'all shouldn't even be talking questioning anything mm-hmm. that's going on and it's like of all of the things, I mean, we rag on journalists all the time, but of all the things they should be asking you about, 
I'm pretty sure this is this mm-hmm. would fit that fit that bill. It was such a bizarre kind of opening. Again, I don't know. I, I always have to kind of attribute it to maybe he just misread it because it's not his own so. words. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Exactly. I, I think I think you I think we have a history of Hillary Clinton. Obama, you have all of these top Democrats who are so arrogant. They yeah. are so arrogant that yeah. they do think that they're above you, and they do think that the media owes them something. I agree. Because the media has been carrying water for them for so long. They're like, excuse me, you're not supposed to ask me these questions. You're not, no, 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 You're not supposed to give me some hard questions. You're supposed to repeat the narrative that I give you that we all know is fake, and you're supposed to repeat it on the nine o'clock news. And that's the way this reciprocal relationship is supposed to work. I, I truly do think Joe Biden has that attitude. Well, the most shocking thing is the way the media is handling this, because if he gets a question now from an unapproved White House reporter, I'm saying he's never had that. He's never had right. a reporter ask him a question that was not approved first. So now he's getting these questions. He's like, wait, you're the one that usually asks me the last questions. So I just think if you look at the media and the way they're shifting on Joe Biden, that is the real like kind yeah. of glaring thing. It's the fact that, that you know, the media and Industrial complex. We're talking about every industrial complex today <laughs> is now if they're turning on Joe Biden, that's a bad side because, listen, the media is so corrupt and so left-leaning that if they're not on Joe Biden's side, then they're against them, in my opinion. So let me ask you this, Alex. I think it was last week you were on the show, mm-hmm. and you said, who cares about classified documents? I don't. I still don't. Okay, but do you think that it's a problem was what I just said. Mm-hmm. Who cares about classified documents? But if you have top secret material and you have classified documents stored in a Corvette where Hunter, where yeah. your crackhead son who yeah. does not have a good history and already like is accused of some really shady business dealings, yeah. Do you see that as a problem? Oh, that is a huge problem, selling out our, our American, you know, sovereignty, our secrets to foreign countries. Yeah, but I'm sure the, all these people do it. I'm sure uh, Raytheon probably sells the plans for our weapons to China. So it's like, I mean, at the I mean, that's the, also a problem. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying yeah. we're getting sold out to China all over. So I'm not saying it's okay for Hunter Biden to have these top secret documents. But for me, it's like this is meant to distract us. We know that Hunter did illegal business dealings in Burisma. We know that he did them in China. And now we have like the diary that says that Joe Biden was sleeping with his daughter. I mean, there's just so whoa, many. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what the diary says. Then he took a shower it says with that he took in a, a shower. inappropriate but showers. I'm sure as his father, they, he would have to sometimes, you know, in the nursery, have to sleep in the same All right, all right, all right. We're not. I'm just saying sometimes that. That's just speculation, but sometimes a parent sleeps with their child randomly in the room. I don't know what he did, but it's weird. He's sniffing children all over the country. <laughs> Joe Biden is weird. That I want to talk about true. that, about how he's sniffing kids and taking showers with his daughter, all right? I don't care about some documents that said, oh, you know, blah, 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 Hillary Clinton, you know. Top secret documents, other people, Hunter Biden, a crackhead, having access to potentially top secret documents is a problem. I would, I would trust crackhead do nothing. I would trust a crackhead to be president of the United States more than Joe Biden because a crackhead, they're going to work hard. They're going to be focused. Alex, the guy can't stop filming himself grabbing his own junk for 10 seconds to be able to do a presidential job. <laughs> I agree. And, and really, that's the most likable thing about uh, Hunter <laughs> Biden <you>. is the <laughs> fact that he and that's why that's why the media and that's why a lot of people have not really turned on him, because really, you would think that having the president's son be a drug addict. But sadly, because everybody's been affected by probably a family member or a loved one that's struggled with drugs and alcohol, it's kind of humanizing. Like, it makes the President's son, because Malia Obama, and they're kind of like act like they're too cool for me, even though they supposedly do some weird stuff too. But Hunter I Biden, I disagree. I think the, I think all these videos. I think before the videos surfaced, I agree with you. People had empathy for him. Yeah, not I anymore. I think na- well because oh, now he, that all the he's everyone yeah, all the people and they're the like, left. this is weird. Why are you just you're recording yourself just. He's recording stuff doing all kinds of weird, all weird like, stuff. Uh, His whole drugs, life. Like, I'm, yeah. well, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking. 
how do you have the, the time to go back and watch these videos that you're recording because you're just constantly recording yourself? Yeah, well, and, and when, no, when are you going to go back and watch it? Correct, probably. And, and you also have to know that's also the conspiracy too is that like he leaks it out even though knowing that other countries have all this stuff on them. It's like, oh, so you leaked a picture of my son smoking crack? We already did it ourselves. You know, it's already <laughs> out there. You know, oh, you have no, my son with prostitutes? Yeah, here's 20 videos of my son with prostitutes. So, so what, China? We are, you know, checkmate. You can't, you can't blackmail us. We blackmail so that's the old us. Eminem 8 Mile type of Exactly right. Yes, yes. So, but but uh, but you think the 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 media the Democrat industrial well, complex when they, is when they had, when they had Biden, their, right? Well, when they had the documents from Trump, I didn't care. So I'm not going to all of a sudden fame. You know, oh, I care because Joe Biden. I don't care that he had documents. This is that's that's my problem with the world is that there's classified levels of information that we are never ever going to be uh, subjected to or ever get to read, and I don't like that. I think we should have a more transparent government. And so a lot of times when you look in stuff like the Mockingbird Media, which is declassified from the 60s, that the radio, television, and film industry is totally infiltrated by the CIA. I'm just saying classified stuff getting released to the public is good. So I kind of like that they're trying to steal these documents. We need it all. They're not trying to steal these I know documents. They're, doing it for their own they're trying to keep it I'm covered. I'm just saying, I want all classified documents in the world to get exposed if I could. If yeah. I could, if I, right now I could push a button and every classified document became public domain, I would press it. All right. You heard it here. So I don't care about them. We should all get to know the bullcrap. No, no secrets allowed. Well, yes, I agree. It's just that that's not what's happening now, No, I Alex. know. That's not based in reality. All right. We got to take another quick break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Keeps. So uh, two out of three guys experience hair loss before they're 35, and you don't have to be embarrassed about it, all right? It's just the genes that you're dealt with, but you can flip the odds in your favor and save your hair with Keeps. They have clinically proven, FDA-approved hair loss treatments available all online. So... Whether you're looking to prevent hair loss, whether you're looking to stimulate hair regrowth, or just take better care of the hair that you have, they've got a medical provider with Keeps that will help you find the right product, and they will deliver it directly to your door. You're not going to have to go to a waiting room at the doctor's office or a pharmacy. Uh, and by the way, it's generic, so it's going to save you about half the cost. You also can message your Keeps doctor 24-7, so there's no reason not to try this. You can get a special offer if you go to keeps.com slash Y, special offer over at K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Y. Yesterday, the Department of Defense announced that the Biden administration would be sending an additional $2.5 billion in security what? assistance to meet Ukraine's critical security and defense needs. Uh, this is the 13th drawdown of equipment from U.S. military inventories for Ukraine since August of 2021. They're going to be sending vehicles to Ukraine, including 59 Bradley infantry fighting vehicles, 90 striker armored personnel carriers, 53 mine-resistant ambush-protected vehicles, 350 high-mobility multi-purpose wheeled vehicles, 12 ammunition support vehicles, six command post vehicles, and 22 tactical vehicles to tow Weapons. They're also sending uh, a bunch of defense systems. And um, look, it's it's just fascinating because we covered the story a couple weeks ago of two different uh, high higher ups in the military. I don't recall what their actual ranking was, but they were at a conference and they both confirmed that within the next six months to a year, the United States is really going to have to make the decision whether or not they want to continue. Like the, the choice will be, do you want to arm uh, Ukraine, or do you want to arm yourself? Because we're going to run out of ammunition. We're going to run out of stuff. And, like, w either we need to keep it for us 
or we're going to send it all to Ukraine. And God help us if a conflict comes knocking at our door because we're not going to have it. That's such a large number of um, <laughs> of, arm of armored vehicles, just vehicles in general, ammunition. That's an insane amount. Um, and considering the, the various times that we've uh, this country has done it. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the tally is. It's probably more than anybody can count in terms of how much money, at least in ammunition and all that and weapons and all that. In oh. security assistance, yeah, not just money, security assistance, yeah. more than twenty six point seven right. billion dollars. Right, so that that is a lot of money. Um, and my, of course, you know, you look at kind of the the ethical stuff like that. That's very weird to me that these are the types of weapons. These are the type of vehicles that people those same folks that are just gifting this stuff out would say that the American citizenry should not be able to uh, obtain that. And in a lot of cases, it's flat out illegal um, for you to do that. And those guys would advocate that. I think when I look at like war and, and people funding different conflicts, you know, even the, one of the first moves, even for the Ukrainian government, was to, of course, arm their own citizenry. Um, so it's kind of it's just bizarre to see these kind of overlords talk this game of, oh, we obviously so much is on the line. We're defending democracy and all, all of that stuff. And then when it comes to their own citizenry, if you try to get any of that, it's just not going to to happen. So I'm even less worried about the like, OK, the inability to defend. I look at the hypocrisy, certainly of it all and how they're always so itching to fund other people and their wars. The United States government has historically uh, certainly done that. But then at the other side of the mouth, you go down those lists of names and you will find them certainly being advocates of not even just having those remain, let's say, illegal or you having to jump through 50 different loops to even, let's say, obtain that type of weaponry as a just United States citizen. But make it even more difficult for you with a lot of these cases, as uh, was it Rivera calls them mm -hmm. uh, assault rifle 15s. Mm -hmm. uh, Automatic <laughs> machine guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Machine guns. Machine guns. Yeah, like, uh, you know, those. My AR must be broken. <laughs> I know, man. It I, it's I not, it's not one. a machine gun. I, get, I need to get one. I mean, what was the point of the bump stock then? If we, <laughs> yeah. uh, what, was the, what was the whole point it of make, that? That makes it a double machine gun. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. That makes yeah. sense. That yeah. makes sense. Well, I mean, we just live in a, a world that. To me, it's a clown world, you know? And I, I think for me, and you know, I just keep on saying that, it's like, how do we make change? How do we fix it? I don't even know. I'm kind of black-pilled of right now. A little bit. Really? Uh, I, I don't know. Oh, no. I know. That's what I'm saying. And I, I speak to guys like Eric, you know, he gives me, I guess, a little bit of hope. But, I mean, we're dealing with insane people in yeah. an insane world. That's true. It's really I can, But I can see where someone looks down at that and looks grim. My, my, this is why I think those conversations are certainly worth having with people that be that are in Congress uh, that claim to be on your side, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I just feel like the mirror is not turned on them enough for them to have to look at themselves and how they have attributed, let's say, to this problem. A lot of the people that people insist that, well, if you don't support them, the Democrats win and they're worse. Okay, what have you actually got from going to support these quacks when it comes to moving uh, this country in itself? Forget Ukraine, moving the country in itself further towards liberty in our individual lifetimes. What have they done? Yep. You know what I mean? Well, and like I was in a Twitter space and we're talking about the war in Ukraine and it's hard for me because I like, and I'm not trying to chew my horn, I had that viral video where I was, you know, protesting against it. But my point is, I was on a Twitter space, people were like, oh, we need to help the people of Ukraine. I Listen, I don't want to not be empathetic to the people of Ukraine, but we spent- No, but no, we don't. The, well, what I'm saying, now we're getting in World War III yeah. at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's just inevitable that we are going to be in a conflict where it's going to be a, we're training these people in freaking 
thinking we're training Ukrainians in Oklahoma. So we've just gone too far. And, and I do not want to start World War III. I know as a libertarian, you don't want to, but it's just, it does, none of this makes sense. Like we have people struggling here in America and all the media does is not just cheerlead Ukraine, but when they give $2.5 billion, I stay up and I read the news. I didn't even read this article today. So there's, I'm just saying there's constantly, we don't even keep updated right. with the new billion dollars that goes there. Well, it's also like, I mean, to, to the Twitter space that you were talking about, I, I mean, if Russia had, let's say, started provoking us first, would Ukraine come to our immediate defense? No. No. Well, that's why the, that's why, the why you America gets the crap end of the deal with I know everything. The, well, I know. That's well, what I'm saying. Like, the, and Ty would argue almost everybody not Russia in, in, in Europe. It's the same thing. Right. That's what the, that's what those uh, sort of binding agreements where even in like, why do you think so many countries like even like Scandinavian countries or smaller countries? Why do you think they pay nothing in defense? Right. Yeah. Because they have packs <laughs> with the United States. <laughs> so if it hits the fan, <laughs> we're, ob we're, we're literally ones. obligated we're to, to have to go defend them but this is in person and with our money. Yes, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm done with it. This is what really doesn't make sense. So either it's like NATO, basically, you know, it's kind of the globalist agenda mm -hmm. against Russia. But half of Europe gets their natural gas from Russia. Right. So how are we going to so fight stupid. a war? <laughs> I mean, they can I just press a button and you don't have any energy. So I, I don't, this, this geopolitical nightmare, to me, it doesn't make sense. I don't get how we fit into it. I don't know why Americans are suffering. So people in Ukraine can die. For what reason? They shouldn't be dying. Yeah. Um, all right, before we go, I do want to bring in one quick story here. So House Speaker Kevin McCarthy did announce yesterday that members of Congress officially are no longer allowed to cast proxy votes and must instead vote in person. He said no, prox no more proxy voting effective immediately. Members of Congress have to show up to work if they want their vote to count. This is, of course, after uh, Nancy Pelosi had implemented this policy due to COVID. So she allowed anyone to vote, you know, by proxy. You didn't have to be present. And it's just fascinating because, uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy had filed a lawsuit challenging the proxy voting policy, and it kind of had to make its way up to the Supreme Court, which the Supreme Court uh, appealed. And they voted on a $1.7 trillion omnibus in December. This was just December, so mm -hmm. COVID's done, right? Even You even have the President of the United States admitting that COVID is over. Fewer than 50% of lawmakers cast their vote in person. 134 Democrats and 92 Republicans voted by proxy. You are telling me that a $1.7 trillion omnibus they don't think is important enough mm -hmm. to get on a you almost had it. You were close. Yeah. To get on a plane and go to Washington to do the job that they get paid to do. See, I, I escaped it <laughs> narrowly, but I escaped it and it might come back to me. I'm not sure. It just really pisses me. Like, this is how little they give a crap about any of this. Well, I have to say this, but you know who voted against it? My favorite big booty Latina, AOC. <laughs> Because it didn't give enough, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> well, it wasn't man. enough. But, yeah, still, you know, unblock me. But uh, ideologically, now we're totally lying. No, I, I don't know. that. I'm not surprised that they don't want to show up to do their job. I mean, <laughs> go figure. And this is how you know all politics are corrupt. And I've said this on the show multiple times. But you spend millions of dollars on a campaign for a job that only pays you $160,000. So they sell their, you know, influence and power. So for them to be able to do that remotely, oh, go figure. Of course, you they don't want to show up to work. Well, I mean, true. But like you sign up to be yeah. a, a representation of the people, right? You sign up to be a public servant, to be a representation of your constituents. That's what it's supposed to mean. None of them treat it that way, but that's what it's supposed to mean. And you can't even be bothered to vote on like the, the most expensive thing that you're going to ever tackle in your lifetime. Well, because it doesn't, and then they can vote themselves, uh, give themselves raises. Right. Actually, recently yeah, they've they certainly did. done that. <laughs> and uh, make sure 
vote against uh, limiting them with term limits. Yeah, or debt limits or, mm-hmm. or anything uh, rather like that hinders them being able to just spend money uh, to the oblivion. It's an absolute joke. Mm-hmm. But this is why I want the whole thing destroyed. I love that this is everybody's getting a little more. Let's I hate to use the term extreme, but that's more of what it is like where people are starting to figure out what this is and looking at it for what it is. It's a con game. All these expectations that we have of these like public servants that are supposedly uh, representing the people. That's a sham. That's something that 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 was we were more so tricked into believing. Actually, the entire country had been tricked into believing because you want to believe that there's this institution that is meant there to be good and is meant to absolutely do good. When ab- that, that couldn't be anything further from the truth. It's the state. It's a territorial monopoly on use of force, violence and ultimate decision making. People that go get those top jobs are not going to be generally good people doing good things for the people that they're supposed to be serving. The job isn't set up to even incentivize that yeah yeah you're right um all right we've uh we've got to take a quick break we'll be back with more United States Customs and Border Protection reported eggs and poultry seizures uh, increased by more than 108% at ports of entry at the southern border between October through December uh, just this last year amid, of course, a spike in product prices uh, in the United States. So federal law prohibits uncooked eggs entering uh, from entering uh, entering from Mexico into the United States, which could result in penalties of up to $10,000 if travelers fail to declare such agricultural items. Uh, now, you know, the large eggs, I think this is grade A large eggs, apparently hit $4.25 in December, which is a 140% increase from the same month the previous year. And it's, you know, it's just fascinating because oh, they say what, what is the what is the official inflation rate? I, I just like I know, what, it's I know. not even whatever it is. It's not even close to what it actually actually is. I know the actual inflation rate. That's insane. Well, a lot of countries what? are. What's actually, wrong with the hundred and forty percent increase? That's insane. <laughs> yeah, but but a lot of countries actually fake their real inflation rate. I was reading about that. I'm oh like, no, of yeah, course, yeah, oh, of it's course, all fake. Yeah, it's all it's all, it's all yeah. it's because nonsense. even Venezuela when they were crashing, they had some sort of you know official. Uh, Nonsense, man. Yeah. Like, this is insane. I know, but like, it's just so fascinating to me that they're stopping people to take their eggs away because we, we can't have, uh, you know, cost-effective eggs here, but let them come in with record amounts of fentanyl. Let them, I mean, mm. they seem to understand that there is a border in yeah. which separate, it separates this country and this country. They seem to understand that when they're taking the eggs but they're still letting people, humans, cross through. Well, this is why I'm I'm a y'all, I'm obviously a libertarian, and I definitely, as a business owner, understand just the sheer importance of uh, of trade in itself. And once you start to get to the nitty gritty, it makes more sense why the governments are make it very very difficult for things that can actually better people's lives. They make it more difficult not only to produce it here, but then they because they have done that, they want to kind of double dip, let's say, and make it more difficult for you to import that same good. Doesn't matter if it's if it's um, a clothing item from food. It doesn't matter. 
they're there to make it more difficult for you. And if you think for the people that believe that the federal government or that's their job to protect the borders and all of that sort of sort of stuff, if you think that they're going to do that for good, let's say for like stopping stuff that can maybe harm people or murderers or or people thieving and all that sort of stuff, that's not what they they're here to mm-hmm. do. Right? Even in this, even in Texas, I say this as a guy that you know. I'm not going to tell everybody my plans with land and all of that, but looking into it and you, they, they, they fake incentivize you through these um, like agriculture uh, sort of uh, exemptions is what it is that they call them. And the amount of hoops you even got to jump through to try to to try to hit that marker. It's absolute nonsense. Right. They're not incentivizing people to even create. But this is a self induced a self-inflicted problem by way of the government. Now with money and things going up the way that they are, that's Federal Reserve in combination with the Treasury. That's their direct and obviously their spending effort. So they are, this is something that is their fault. It is, it's nobody else's fault other than them. They control the money. They, uh, the congressmen keep continue to vote on, we just talked about it last second, with trillion dollar uh, packages. And we know what the Federal Reserve doing in combination. So I, I think the the money supply of if, like if you go to like the year 2000, actually like 2010, like I believe it's over half of like the money supply was printed. That's in circulation mm-hmm. was printed yep. in, in, in that in that pocket of time. It's a recipe for disaster, but they're not any do, even doing anything to fix it. There was like one man. Um, that was in Congress that, I don't know, actually wanted to uh, audit and in the Fed, you know, that would actually supremely help the people, but y'all didn't want them. I know, here's my... Uh, I, I don't think I... Have I done... I haven't done this this oh month. God, going to my rent, my, my Ron, Ron Paul. Paul. I haven't gone to my Ron, Ron Paul. Paul. Yes, I haven't gone to my Ron Paul rent this month, so I'm kind of I'm kind of overdue. But seriously... Checking it off. If they, yeah, check it off. So I'll I see y'all in... Uh, what, um, February. In February. All right, we'll talk about them in February. But on a serious note... That's what has to happen in order for this issue to get resolved. It's not going to be one of those them getting the right people to kind of mess around with the money and the inflationary rates, debt ceilings and all that. They have to be absolutely ended. They are under no like, why do you think they spend the money it is that they spend? Mm -hmm. Right. If I had a business and I just said, you know what, I'm just going to spend money to the oblivion. I'm probably going to go bankrupt. Government does it. Uh, it's okay. We can just print it out of thin air. Yeah, well, it's uh, corrupt. But listen, I want the government to outlaw sex trafficking. I want you to outlaw fentanyl. But I want them to legalize omelets. We need more omelets. So, you know, if I we mean, can I get... feel like they, they, it already is outlawed. Omelets are they outlawed. Just, no. no. <laughs> sex trafficking is, is outlawed. Supposed not so really. Is, so it's really not. They because, don't because, enforce well, it. Now let me get serious because all these times I see all these people doing their pearl clutching when they see the migrants get dropped off at Kamala Harris's house, the Navy base or whatever. That's every day I see those buses. I, I, literally at Bachman Lake, I see that bus. And I'm not I'm not saying this to like, you know, say it's that bad or that scary, but there'll be a busload. And they'll it is. It. I'm just saying there's it is about that 30. Bad and it is well, that I'm, scary. Saying, I'm just saying you'll see like young kids with a mask on and you'll see like three kids with an adult and it's not their dad it's mm-hmm. not their mom and dad you're like they, they don't even look the same they just look different right you're like this looks weird this is not a nuclear normal family structure so i see it with my own eyes i mean if i wanted to touch the bus i could go touch it so i see these kids that are affected and i know that these kids when they come here they're doing something nefarious they're not going to mcdonald's and getting a job as a 16 year old and if they don't have parents that are looking out for them nobody's looking out for themselves like a kid can't function so the sex trafficking i see it i know that bad stuff's happening I want them to fix that and give us cheap eggs. All right, last word here is, (laughs) I'm just gonna say, if you 
can manage to get across the border and not actually crush any of the eggs. Yeah. I'm letting you keep them. I'm saying that, you know what? I admire that and you can just keep them. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. That's talent. I know, but you know it's probably just somebody. Kamala Harris was speaking recently to, I, I would think, a bunch of kindergartners, judging by the way that she spoke about electricity. Watch. Today, America has more than half a million miles of transmission lines, enough to wrap around the globe 24 times. These lines connect the power plants where electricity is created <laughs> to homes and businesses and okay. schools mm-hmm. and hospitals mm-hmm. across our nation. Okay. Think about it. Every time you turn on a light mm-hmm. or charge your laptop mm-hmm. or plug in your air conditioner mm. or put leftovers in the fridge, wow. you rely on the power delivered by our nation's network of transmission lines. What? That's how electricity works? Wow, you learn I never I never considered that. I never considered that. Except Texas. Thank I, you, Kyle. I look at that. If I'm living in America, I'm like, that's scary. I don't like that. No kidding. I know. Thank God for electricity. My old Chinese food doesn't go bad. And, and I want to say, when her speaking there, she kind of reminds you of like the cool mom trying to be cool. Yeah, she's you know, not she's, saying anything, anything yeah, like, of substance. In, she, yeah, she's not saying anything significant, <laughs> but she pauses like it's just so elegant yeah. and profound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you're like, <laughs> you literally just said put leftovers yeah. in the fridge. Like, that's not poignant. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys for being here and uh, we will see you next week. I'm sure there will be plenty to talk about. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.